We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Back in 1988, there was some midseason magic for the Red Sox. Morgan magic, it was called, for the manager who took over midseason, the native New Englander Joe Morgan. Well, uh, if any of that wants to show up here in 2019... That would be fantastic because the Red Sox just got done losing two out of three at home to the Toronto Blue Jays, who started out 27 and 49 at the beginning of the weekend series. That happened, and we're going to talk about it. It's Sox Daily, and it begins right now. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's where you're going to find out what the Sox are doing. We referenced 1988, or at least I did. I'm the only one here right now doing this podcast. Josh Lewin is my name. Hi, nice to meet you. Uh, Another thing that happened in 1988, as some of you may recall... There was a weird video that ran every 90 minutes or so on MTV. The song was called Opposites Attract. Paula Abdul going up and down a staircase in a slinky black dress and a scrunchy face, uh, accompanied by an animated cat. A cat in overalls for some reason. Anyway, the lyrics were two steps forward, two steps back. That was part of the hook of the song. And it's now possibly the anthem for these 2019 Red Sox. If the St. Louis Blues can have Gloria, I think we can adopt opposites attract. But two steps forward, two steps back is exactly right. The Sox had won seven of eight into the weekend with Toronto coming in. And they did take the opener to the Red Sox Friday on a walk-off home run, no less. But then the two steps back, two dispiriting steps back, an 8-7 to loss on Saturday when the bullpen blew it. A 6-1 to flatline loss on Sunday when essentially nothing of consequence happened. Let's roll it back. The first day of summer was Friday. It didn't really feel like it. It was kind of chilly and a little bit dreary. But Chris Sale was on the mound, so he felt good about everything uh, until the game started. Yeah, lead-off single by Eric Sogard. Nerd power. He's been fantastic. The guy had just had a five-hit game in Toronto. He would end up with a four-hit game in this one. It was an 11-pitch at bat to start the game. He finally slapped a single in a left. He stole a base. Very uncharacteristically, after a couple of outs, Sale walked two batters in a row. It's only the second time this year he has walked two batters in a row. He goes up 0-2 on Freddie Galvis, who then slashes a base hit in the left field, drives in two runs. And an error on Benintendi, actually, on the play as well. So 2-0 Toronto, and the Blue Jays would tack on against Sale. There was an error on Eduardo Nunez to open the third. And then Randall Gritchick cranked a home run. His second career home run off sale and only 11 at-bats. Four to nothing, Toronto. And it began to remind you a bit of uh, when Toronto played at Boston in hockey back in April. Remember, even though the Red Sox rallied to to take the series just fine, it was the Mitch Marner show. And uh, Toronto got game one. They, They scored early. And you're like, wait a minute, what is going on here? 
The Red Sox did rally with one on a sack fly from Brock Holt in the bottom of the third, but Toronto tacked down a run in the top of the seventh against a bullpen that would get much worse as the weekend went on. Then the Red Sox got busy bottom of the seventh inning. Finally, they got to Trent Thornton, who was pretty good. The rookie pitcher who kind of herky-jerky motion, all arms and legs, very difficult to pick up. But finally, they, they let him stay out there a little too long, a fourth time through the order. Mookie bets a triple, his third triple in five days. Andrew Benintendi singles him in, and uh, they make the pitching change. Andrew Bogart's a double. He's been, as we keep talking about, just phenomenal this year. He's number six in the league and on base percentage, hitting around 300. J.D. Martinez base hit. So here come the Red Sox. They're within five to four. Two on for Brock Holt, one out. He bangs into a double play. So the rest of the rally is going to have to wait. Eighth inning, Jackie Bradley Jr., a triple with one out. And Rafi Devers comes off the bench, very gimpy, limping around with a bad hammy. But he pushes a single into right. It is a 5-5 game. Sox can't break that tie in the bottom of the eighth or in the bottom of the ninth. We go to the bottom of the tenth, and things started to make sense at that point. After Marco Hernandez got hit by a pitch in the foot, you had a chance for Christian Vasquez to walk it off. His second career walk-off home run, a Mike Piazza-style home run, right center field into the bullpen, and it was a 7-5 thriller. Took a little too long. And it took, uh, you know, the heroics from Vasquez. His 10th home run of the year, by the way. He had only 10 for his Major League career coming in. He was happy to talk to us after that Friday night game. Uh, Christian Vasquez is with us now. And, Christian, congratulations. Uh, You capped a great comeback win with a walk-off home run, the first run the Red Sox have had uh, since Pookie Betts last July. What were you thinking? I was trying to drive the ball to the gap that Marco, I know, is running from first 3-2 count to out. So, I was trying to get the run in and, you know, get a good swing and hit the ball. We're watching the replay right now. You were a cool customer. It wasn't really a bat flip, just kind of a bat discard. And then you blew a bubble coming around first base. <laughs> it's like you did that before. Yeah, we need to act like we did it before. So, <laughs> uh, But it feels good. It feels good to win and, you know, it's, we're playing better. You know, we have a win, the A1 last nine games. So we're playing great ball. When you did do it before, uh, almost two years ago, off Cody Allen, who at the time was a very good closer for Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was that was good. Center field. <laughs> yes, that's right, dead center. And of course, you had a big home run in the ninth inning off uh, Batances here too. That was a game tire, right? Yeah, we, that, that was that was large. <laughs> yeah. So you, you mentioned Christian that there's a good vibe around the team now. You guys are, are one 17 inning weirdo ball game away from having a really long winning streak right now, but it, it almost feels like the winning streak is intact. You guys, for, for two straight home games now, have been down by four runs and come back to win. Yeah, we're playing good, you know. It's, we're, we're playing together, you know. We're doing the little things in the game, you know, get them over, and that's that's why we're winning, you know. We're, we're pitching good, too. You know, the starter, the, the bullpen, they're playing great, pitching great, so that's why we're playing good. Now, you came in the game in the eighth inning as a pinch hitter and hit a shot to center that was caught, but you feel like you were fresh and maybe that was an advantage too? Yeah, I was. You know, I was. I, I hit that ball good too. I was seeing the ball well. You know, I, I love hitting good here in Fenway. I see the ball well, and, you know, I got I got that one too, you know, the homer and, and the line drive. Last one I got for you, Christian. We understand there's a, a new tradition that's been established where the, the star of the game is supposed to make a little – speech of some sort have you addressed the team yet or is that still coming up 
Yeah, we did it. Uh, Sander has the last uh, player of the game, and, you know, I got the next one. We, we win oh. tomorrow, so I got the speech tomorrow. You, you got all night to work on your speech then. <laughs> <laughs> and when do you do it? How soon before the game? Uh, after, right away after the game, we do the speech, and, and you know, we, we name the, the player. All right, the that's game. Christian Vasquez, who really has been huge. His, his OPS since May the 4th is exactly the same as J.D. Martinez's for the whole year. And if I had told you that for any stretch this year, Christian Vasquez and J.D. Martinez would be having the same season, you would have thought I was a real weirdo. And thank you to Vasquez for that interview. Thank you for the home run that actually got the Red Sox to 42-35, and 35, which is exactly where the Red Sox were 77 games in in 2004. And everything worked out just fine. So you turn the page. I'm doing that literally here, going to my scorebook. Saturday. This was supposed to be a 4.05 first pitch, but there was a little sun shower, and the delay of 25 minutes made it a 4.30 start with Brian Johnson against Derek Law, who was just supposed to be the opener. You know, not really opening up for anyone good. Sam Gavilio was going to come on after that because Edwin Jackson, last time he pitched, gave up seven runs in one inning. They parked his butt on the, the injured list because they didn't want to see that again. Brian Johnson just off the injured list, and when he got off the injured list, you, you might remember he allowed that 17th inning single to Max Kepler on Tuesday in Minneapolis. So he was pretty cheesed off about that. Wanted to get it right for his mates on Saturday, and he did. It was five innings of four, hit one run ball, and the run was unearned. Red Sox just popped Derek Law and Sam Gavilio early. They had a five-run bottom of the second inning. Jackie Bradley Jr. with an RBI double. Michael Chavis RBI single to give him an 11-game hitting streak. Longest active streak in the AL at that time. Ben Intendi plopped a two-run double in the left. Everything going well, 5 to nothing at the end of two. Vasquez, another home run. This one clanging off the pesky pole right down the right field line. Only a 330-foot home run, but that's fine. And it's an eight-game hitting streak for Vasquez, who you just heard from a little bit ago. 6 to nothing, and it's just like, all right, let's have some fun, drink some beer, wait for Sweet Caroline. It would be a very long wait because uh, Toronto got the one run back in the fourth inning. No big deal. But it was a big deal in the seventh inning. Mike Schworn was on to pitch. He had a one, two, three, sixth inning, so they asked him to come back out for the seventh. He got Teoscar Hernandez to pop up, but then Kevin Biggio with a, a really sharp single in a right center field, and he was hitting baseballs hard all weekend. Craig Biggio's son, left-hand batter, unlike his dad, a guy that walks a lot, just really seems to know what he's doing up there. That sets up Freddie Galvez, who has been an absolute Red Sox killer. Two-run home run off Schwarm. And then Rowdy Telez, who's been even more of a Red Sox killer, follows with a 409-foot home run to dead center. And all of a sudden, we got a ball game. It is 6-5 to five Boston at the seventh-inning stretch. Red Sox can't do anything against the rest of that Toronto bullpen. Guys like Nick Kingham and Daniel Hudson basically retreads who are not having good years, but the Red Sox were shut down. And then, in the eighth inning, Maybe the worst inning of the entire year. It took 35 minutes to get through the top of the eighth. And I know Matt Barnes works slowly, but it shouldn't have been that bad. Barnes, when he's got to work back-to-back games, has an ERA of about eight this year. When he's got just a little bit of rest, ERA is about two. And between Barnes and Brazier, they threw 55-0 pitches in that eighth inning. Only 25 of them were strikes. Biggio had a nine-pitch at bat, had a big RBI single to tie the game. But then with two out, Rowdy Telez works a walk. Another walk by Billy McKinney. And I was really unhappy, honestly, with Matt Barnes' approach. 
because the curve just wasn't really working for him. He's got a 97-mile-an-hour fastball, and I'm thinking he can throw that thing right by Billy McKinney, but he's messing around with the curve, and he drops several of them in the dirt. That's ball four. So with Barnes unable to get it done, you go to Brazier, and the only time he's pitched this year with the bases loaded, you might remember Brett Gardner hit a home run off him, the grand slam at Yankee Stadium. Brazier wasn't even close to the strike zone. He walks so guard with the bases loaded. So that's three straight walks in the inning. Then he walks Vlad Guerrero Jr. with the bases loaded. Back-to-back, bases loaded walks, something that hadn't happened to the Red Sox since 2013. And all of a sudden, it's Toronto 8 and Boston 6. To the bottom of the ninth, after Josh Smith actually struck out the side in the top of the ninth inning, little bit of a rumble, a walk and a steal for Mookie Betts, and that steal was big because Xander Bogarts Hit a towering fly ball to left. It somehow got lost. It looked like maybe in the lights or the dusk at that point by a backpedaling Freddie Galvis from short. So Bogart's dropping one in against Ken Giles to make it an 8-7 game. J.D. Martinez able to come up as a potential winning run in just a great old-fashioned power-versus-power battle. The 98-mile-an-hour throwing Giles used to be called 100 miles Giles because he could throw it 100 miles an hour, but 98 still pretty good. And it's a showdown. It's three balls, two strikes, tying man at second, winning run at the plate. Giles throws it neck high, swing and a miss, and that's your ball game. So a very disappointing 8-7 to loss, even though Brian Johnson did a lot of good work. So then it's Sunday, and you're thinking, okay, you'll take the series here, even though you got to deal with Marcus Stroman, who's got a 3.23 ERA. Rick Porcello's been a bit of a stopper this year. He certainly was in Minnesota in his last start. It was seven shutout innings. And one of the best efforts he's had all year. 94 pitchers to get through seven innings. A little bit more of a battle for Porcello in this one. And in the second inning, Toronto breaking through. Rowdy Telez again with a, a double after he had showed bunt. Just a pathetic bunt attempt. He ends up doubling to right. And then Brandon Drury, a 208 hitter. Just a little roller that escapes Marco Hernandez, who's playing second base on Sunday. It's one nothing Toronto. But all right, you, know, you, you figure something's going to pop. And, and it should have in the bottom of the second inning. With one out, Brock Holt is single. Christian Vasquez is single. Jackie Bradley Jr. is single. How come they didn't score? Well, Andy Barquette, the third base coach, sent Holt. It was not a great send. Holt ends up getting a tight hamstring on his way into the plate. And he had to leave the game. He was also out at home plate to keep it one to nothing. And the Red Sox unable to score when Michael Chavis bounces out. I know people are always going to get on third base coaches. That's just part of baseball. Andy Barquette has done this before. He's coached third base for hundreds of games in the minors with the Tigers and Marlins and Pirates. But now he's gone from the shadows as assistant hitting coach to one of the most scrutinized things you can have as a job in Boston. And I've always said about third base coaches, it's like working for the electric company. You know, if your lights are on, nobody cares. You just kind of assume that everything's fine. But If the lights go out, oh, you're calling the electric company and you're bitching them out. And that's the life of a third base coach. You know, nobody notices at all until something goes wrong. And then everybody notices and has an opinion. And I get it. You know, it would be easy to to put Ron Renneke, who's a well-regarded third base coach in the major leagues, in for Carlos Fables, who's still out with a case of the gout. And that's how it's gone for the the Red Sox this year. I mean, the, the injured list is so long that the third base coach is on it. And maybe they will make a change. I don't know. I, I know that it, it, ha- it hasn't been Wendell Kim-level badness, but it, it hasn't been great either yet for Andy Barquette. So maybe there will be a change at some point. Ron Renneke coached third for the Angels for six years. But 
that's not why the, the Red Sox lost this game. They lost because they couldn't hit Marcus Stroman. Stroman the showman, I, I call him, and, and he was all about the wiggle and the jiggle out there, a little strutting of his stuff, yelled into the dugout, the Red Sox dugout, that is, at one point, was doing that mid-wind-up freeze. It looks like a computer glitch. I said on the air, it looks like he's buffering, like the, there should be a spinning rainbow circle next to his head. I know he's frustrating because he's on the other team, but I got respect for Stroman. He's a, he's a businessman. He's a rapper. He's a designer. He's a, a graduate of one of the United States' most prestigious universities at Duke. Just never really ramps it down, and he can get under your skin, and that maybe happened a little bit for the Red Sox on this particular day. Marcus Stroman ends up going six innings, five hits allowed, no runs allowed, and the Blue Jays just kept building their lead. They got one in the third off of Porcello. They opened it up with three in the sixth off Porcello when he walked three in the inning. Danny Jansen had the big hit. He had been 0 for 20, two for his last 34. He shot one past a flailing Eduardo Nunez at third. I thought he should have knocked it down, but looked like maybe this would be the first home shutout of the year for the Red Sox. They hadn't been shut out by the Blue Jays at Fenway in 10 years. It was Roy Halladay's last ever start as a Blue Jay, a 12 nothing win for Toronto back in September of 09. And, okay, you know, it just wasn't happening in this game. They, they didn't get the shutout, though. After an Eric Sogard home run in the top of the eighth, because nerd power, uh, the Red Sox did finally get a run, an unearned run in the ninth. There was a botched play at first base on a, uh, on a covered play, just a little uh, PFP that didn't go well. Jackie Bradley Jr. reaches, and uh, Eduardo Nunez comes in to score, makes the final 6-1. to one. The double from Nunez that started that inning, that was the first extra base hit all game for the Red Sox. So they're, they're now at 93 games in a row back to last year with at least one of those. But only two runs scored the final 15 innings of that series against Toronto. And they've got to find a way to be better against the White Sox coming up. We'll talk about the White Sox in just a moment. First, let's listen in to what Alex Cora had to tell the media after it all got done. Yeah, I mean, I mean like I was saying, uh, in Minnesota, we, we still have to get better. I know everybody was excited about that, but as a team... There's, there's a lot of things that we need to keep improving. And, uh, you know, you look at this weekend and it showed. You know, um, we stole one on Friday. We had a lead on Saturday. And they stole the game and today we didn't show up, you know. And uh, it's disappointing. It's disappointing. You know, um, we expect better things out of the group, you know. And, and today, I think all around it wasn't a good game. You dropped to you, you. You all dropped to below 500 at home. What, what can you attribute to just kind of the struggles at home for you guys? Um, that we're we need to get better. That's it. You know, I mean, there's nothing specific about our game that that jumps out. It's just like we've been inconsistent, and uh, we need to be a lot better. You know, uh, there's a place that you know we we have to take advantage of it, and, and we're not doing that. Did uh, Holt tweet the hamstring and when he was trying to score? Uh, when he rounded third, kind of uh-huh. like he felt it, so he kind of had to slow down. Yeah. And was that play a little too aggressive? Um, uh, I mean, we were an aggressive team, so yeah. You're okay with that? I'm okay with yeah. that. Is it a bad injury or did you Day to day. Yeah. We'll know more tomorrow. Uh, Stroman. Um, it looked like today he was able to get strikeouts when he needed them. Yeah, he was good. He, he, he was really good. I mean, leaving the outside part of the plate, expanded, uh, and then brought it back. You know, the two-seamer, expanded with a slider, with a cutter, 
elevated you know, when he had to against lefties and righties. You know, it was a good day for him. What was the explanation he got for the balk on Rick, and what do you think of his start? Yeah, I mean, um, it, it was a balk. Um, I think Christian threw his hands up. Uh, nobody called time, so Rick stepped off with the wrong foot. So it was a balk. I mean, um, Teles off the end of the bad double, uh, Drury, jam shot, he gets through. Um, one of those that, you know, if you look at it, you know, like the, um, he didn't get hit hard, you know, the one to center, he did, and we got almost got the guy at the plate. You know, the effort was great. You know, he, he battled. Um, he made some pitches on the middle that he got away with it, but then he made some pitches and he didn't get away with it, kind of like jam shots and all that. So yeah, I know the line looks bad, you know, and he's not happy with the, with the way he went. But, you know, if, if you start looking, you know, it, it wasn't that bad at all. Alex, the record at home, the bullpen, so many inconsistencies. How far away are you from where you be a contending team, to be a team that can... Um, eight games back. Eight games. Yeah. I mean, is that uh, is that something you guys you feel like you can surmount? You can... I, I think so, yeah. But, I mean, that's how far we are right now. You know you know what I mean. You know, that, that, that team is playing great. We're close to the other one, but we're still, you know, far from, from being where we're supposed to be. We're good? Oh, sorry. Oh, my. Um, when you say you know, today it feels like we didn't show up, the obvious question is, why do you think that happened? Um, I don't know. Um, just I, I'm not saying that they didn't show up because we have runners, whatever. But it seems like, you know, um, they were just better than us. That's the bottom line. You know, it felt that way. And, you know, they made pitches, they made plays, they put good at bats, and we were the opposite. You know, that's that's what I mean. It's not like effort-wise. I know. I mean, they effort-wise, they we always show up. But it's just kind of like the game all around. It seems like they were better than us tonight. All right, so there's your skipper after the Red Sox fall to under 500 at home. You know, the Red Sox are looking at the Dodgers now 33-9 and nine at home. That's a little better. Uh, the Red Sox are 18-19 and 19 at home. But, yes, the White Sox come in next. you got to navigate the suddenly hot Lucas Giolito. And he actually got hit pretty hard last time out, lost to the Cubs. But that was only his second loss all year. 10 and 2 with a 2.74. Eduardo Rodriguez getting tons of run support, 8 and 4, and he's going to probably take over the innings pitched lead on this team, which is really saying something. David Price will go on Tuesday against Johnny Bullpen. The White Sox will run out probably five different guys on Tuesday unless they call somebody up. Then the former White Sox, Chris Sale, hard luck 3 and 7 against a guy that the, the Red Sox torched in Chicago not too long ago, Ronaldo Lopez. His ERA is 6 and a quarter. I don't even want to see a two out of three in this one. I think, again, you put yourself in a position where you got to sweep to feel good, beat an inferior team and beat them up. And hopefully that'll start Monday. But again, that's a challenge because of who's on the mound in Giolito. Dead in the dirty water is how we leave you here. Just a flat, flat game on Sunday. And you lose two out of three to Sad Sack Toronto. So hopefully the turnaround begins against the White Sox. It'll be 42 and 37. The Red Sox record as they head in. This is Josh Lewin. Thanks again so much for listening. The podcast is called Sox Daily. Bye-bye.
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.